Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, aka Bariatric Warrior, Bex, aka Becoming Bex, Nicole, aka Spooky BSG Barbie, and Cass, aka Queen Sparkle We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, hello, R2DP family, and welcome back to another podcast. We have a lovely special guest here today, and we're going to be talking about something that everyone seems to be wanting to hear about, and it should be heard about in the community, and that is Regain. Regain is real, regain is a thing, and it will happen. Um, But there's adjunct tools and things that we can do to help again with that chronic disease of obesity. And here to talk about it is Fiona! So Fiona, let's get a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of background on you. Share your Instagram, you know, if you're comfortable sharing your heaviest weight, what surgery you had when, what age you were, et cetera, et cetera, and where you are at now. Alrighty. So for those who might not know, I am Fiona Prendergast, otherwise known as Never Say Never Fiona. If you haven't seen me in the comment section, then you're probably not on Instagram. Um <laughs> Um, I, let's see, my high weight that I saw on the scale was 375. My lowest weight was 130. My happy place is 140 to 150. I'm five foot five. I had VSG in February of 2019. Don't make me do the math on how old I was. I think I was 32. Um, and, uh, it's been an interesting journey. I have literally been everything from the over hundred percent excess weight loss superstar to the stunned looking at 230 again on the scales postpartum mom. So, you know, if if it's a weight range, I've probably been it. <laughs> what what basically kind of made you say yes to weight loss surgery? So funny enough, unlike a lot of people, I did not have Um, a lot of major issues medically yet. I was slowly over the years, you could see the testing showing the trends that as I was getting older, my health was going to catch up to me. Um, Also, as much as I didn't have any known fertility issues, as I talked about family planning with my doctor, I was informed at my weight, I was so heavy that if I needed a C-section, there was only one hospital in the state that would service me. Um, I was also told that if I gained any more weight, I wouldn't be able to get a standard MRI. Um, I wouldn't be able to get a standard x-ray and my um, expected life expectancy at that weight range. And with the way my trends were, um, my doctor looked me in the eye and told me my husband should be prepared to bury me by 50. Wow. And I was about 30 at the time. Wow. So I actually didn't say yes right away. I actually went another two years of saving, researching, dieting. I hired a trainer. I did key, a very clean keto. And I actually got down to in the low 200s on my own from 375, which as an adult was my lowest. Um, but then as life intervened and things happened, I all of a sudden found myself regained almost 300 pounds again. And a f- good friend of mine, you know, sat me down and said, I love you but you're going to be like Mama Cass from Mama and the Papas. Everyone's going to love you and remember you. And again, it just kind of was another like, I'm not going to make it to 80. I'm not going to make it to 75. And when I, for the first time in my life, as I got married and things started to move forward, I realized like I wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of my early life not expecting to turn 18, 21, let alone 30. So to realize, you know, not only did I truly want to be here and truly finally live, I needed help to do that. Exactly. I also had chronic pain. 
um, a lot of it's linked to my mental health, but I, um, now they've removed the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, but at the time I had it, now it's just more generalized chronic pain because it's linked to the tension and anxiety that I suffer from. Um, but that was also another major motivation was my chronic pain and my back issues. I was told over and over again was just due to my weight. And it did, you know, I hate to prove them right because they were being fat phobic, but it did also give me greater mobility and my knees and back have just, I never, I've never not been obese. So I didn't know what it was like to be able to move freely. And it really helped resolve a lot of that. That makes me happy to hear because I've heard so much on the other side of they tell you that this is because of your weight and then you lose the weight and the problem's still there. Me being yeah, a case and- in point, um, and I know Bex also still deals with the nerve pain and the back pain and the knee pain. It's still there. A lot and- of it was mm-hmm. because for the first time when I advocated, they heard me. Mm-hmm. So as the weight shed and I started saying, I want another MRI from the front this time. Why are my nerve tests coming back good, but I can't close my hands? Like the the more I started to lose the weight, though, and the louder I got, both because of my confidence, but also, unfortunately, the medical community saw more. I think they heard me because they saw my weight go down. And I think they took me more seriously, especially when I hit like the hundreds um, in the hundred range. Um, I really feel like every time I had a complaint, the medical community took me much more seriously than when I was in my three hundreds, for example. Yeah. And for me, um, my chronic pain and tension with less weight and with physical therapy and um, um, uh, chiropractor and, and, and just some work, I was able to resolve like 90% of a lot of my tension pain unless I get into bad habits. So again, it's it was because of my weight loss, but it's also largely because the stigmas around what I was advocating for were finally heard or were finally mm-hmm. cleared by the weight being gone. Instead of just mm-hmm. hearing the fat girl is sore, they heard, oh, the fit girl is sore. Mm-hmm. And I hate to put it that bluntly, but it is anybody who's lived this life knows, especially if you've been on one side or the other of the fence of weight, how just real that experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially noticed it during my pregnancy. I was treated great. I had a fantastic midwife who I cannot say enough about. My delivery was fantastic. Those nurses were fantastic. My postpartum, my midwife moved on for other reasons, just from her clinic. Um, Once she left, the medical community dumped me. I had one follow-up postpartum. Wow. And I had one medical professional ask me if I was depressed in the year after my son. And that was during my newborn screening with his pediatrician. Who, when I answered the form correctly, then told me, you have a therapist, right? And then never followed up. That's such a, that's such a shame. Like, we need mental health care. We need to end the stigma, not only on weight loss surgery, but most importantly, also on mental on the health. Weight. And well, and mental health, and it all ties together. My mm-hmm. obesity is very linked to my mental health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us will notice yeah. as the weight comes off, you know, there's a lot packed in there, a lot more than people, even in the medical communities, give it credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, And also when the weight gain restarted, I found that the medical community took my complaints again, less seriously, kind of started blaming the weight again and not necessarily hearing me versus again, as the weight started to come off and I started to complain about my back again, I got another referral and I went back to the chiropractor who took me very seriously. And now my pain is actually subsiding and it should have happened 40 pounds ago. It shouldn't, and it's frustrating. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter what your weight is. You should be treated no. like a human. And it's mm-hmm. no one ever made me feel this way, but how s- deep the stigma goes that I think we need to talk about is when I started to regain, I hid from the community. I don't know if people noticed, but all of a sudden my photos got face up again or I was never in them. I got really quiet about just, I started sharing everybody else's stuff, but I stopped taking photos. Um, I started getting, I started having to log off a lot because I got a lot of, envy not jealousy i'm a very firm believer that there's two different things and a little bit of jealousy can be motivating and healthy we're all a little jealous sometimes Mm -hmm. envy is when you start scrolling that instagram and you think that bitch had it easier Mm. oh she's just cocky now i caught myself getting i was drinking the haterade i really was i i caught myself doing it too um i caught myself having a hard time with new people who were success who were like celebrating their first year success And oh, oh, that envy hits hard and evil. Or no one ever said it to me directly, but I started to feel like a lot of people took me, how do I put it? I was taken as a little less wise 
in the community are serious because now I was no longer the hyper example of success. I was now a regain statistic. And the stigma on that needs to go away. And I appreciate you talking about it openly because I feel like just in the last, I maybe since October of last year, people finally started talking about regain. Yeah. And it's subconscious. Some of the closest people to me even exhibited signs of it. And it is not all the way conscious. I don't think people were maliciously like, oh, Fiona's kind of a fatty again. It's deeper than that, especially in the community. I got a lot of when I started to say I'm struggling. I gained a lot because of SSRIs. I was put on Zoloft and that caused a massive gain for me. Mm -hmm. I do not want I do not say that to dissuade people from taking their, their medication, though. The, during that time with my postpartum, that medication saved my life. Mm-hmm. I, I can't state that enough. But it also came with another 35-pound regain on top of my pregnancy that I just wasn't prepared or happy about. Um, and again, no one really, like, when I complained about it, my mental health therapist was like, but you're less suicidal, stop complaining. And my PCP was kind of like, well, I mean, you know, it's SSRI. So you're, look you at start the to feel that picture. Yes, I understand that the benefit outweighs the side effects or whatever. But you're talking to mm-hmm. a person who uh, has a history of obesity, the disease of obesity, and an eating disorder. And, an eating disorder <laughs> and you're literally telling me to just shove it basically and deal with basically. it, which is and not okay. And it stinks, too, because so the medical community is telling you that. Where, and I, I understand where they're at. Their risk assessment is these pounds are nothing. Please, like, you're stable mentally. But then I turned to the community and said, oh, man, between the SSRIs, the, the postpartum, my, my, my eating disorder started to come in to soothe me during all of this. I'm really struggling. And people's pushback was drink more water. Are you moving enough? Are you counting your macros? And again, I know people also mean well, but it it feels like a deflection and a rejection at the time. Yeah. And I say say this because I know when people hear this recording, they're going to think I'm calling them out and they're thinking I'm, they're going to, if some of these people are going to, I know, reach out to me and say, oh my God, I didn't mean to hurt you or, oh, you know, oh, I shouldn't talk to you if you're going to take it that way. I hope people, when you hear this, I'm not criticizing necessarily. I'm just trying to talk about it because if you don't we can't change Mm -hmm. and we can't also have any sort of open dialogue together about it and that is and i've noticed other people in the regain community who have talked to me privately i'm not going to share their names who have also told me that when they reached out to other people in the community and said i'm really struggling the assumption was you're fucking up your tool you need to fix yourself they got a lot of that pushback in messaging, which is, again, a thin line between that can be true. But is that what you need to hear? For- and also, is that really what's going you on? Need- underly- you- like, is that yeah. really underlying what's going on? How do they know? How do they know? You're not a doctor. Yeah. You don't have my full me- medical is- health history in front of you. Yeah, where's the, where's the data that's shit. supporting what you're telling me to do? And it is mm-hmm. a thin line, too, because, yeah. again, for a lot of us, old habits come in, old disordered patterns come in. Mm-hmm. You know, though that is a very real reason people regain. And again, I just think we need to be careful to really hear people, though, when we're coming to them. And there is a difference when a friend comes to me and says, man... I don't track anymore, but like I've been gaining like crazy and I don't feel good. Yeah, maybe that's the time to go. Have you tracked your macros in a while and your water? Mm-hmm. But not, when they come to me, not, I, I just, just started feel- this medication that makes you gain weight, but it's for postpartum because I have postpartum depression, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Don't tell me to just go drink more water. Yeah, you got to, you know, and again, I think also there's a shutdown to it because at the community, there's so much stigma about being a failure that it's just uncomfortable to even have a friend struggle. I think people, again, instinctively just put up like, if I'm too close to someone who's not successful, then I won't be. It's because people like to compare. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm guilty of it. Yeah. And, and, and there's a thin line between healthy, again, healthy jealousy and a little bit of competition with yourself or whatever or goals to have and the disease of 
comparison that really plagues us all. Yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, the thief of joy is what they say. Oh, there's so many things. If I could go back and change my Instagram now, um, I just wish I could go back and change, um, especially feeling like I kind of fueled some racing and competition in my early, in my first year out. Um, or I have old videos and things. If anyone wants to dig through my Instagram, you can find them. I have some stuff that I am eating some humble pie listening and watching it now because I was cocky. I was so cocky and I was so judgmental. And let me tell you, I, when, when veterans say you don't know yet, you're still in your first two years. You don't know yet. I rolled my eyes and was like, I've already lost a hundred, over a hundred pounds. I smashed my goals. I am the poster child for my bariatric surgeon. You can't tell me anything. And now I'm sitting here four years out turning around and saying to everyone behind me, enjoy those first couple years. Let me, you know, but that's the foundation of the next few. This is now stage two. You you can't just stop doing what you did for those two years and think that it's just going to stay that way. Oh, yeah. And just the mass, you know, the the adjustment, the the, I will never eat as much as a normal human adult, obviously. And I constantly forget that to this day. When I go out with my friends, I think I'm going to smash as much as them. I eat about as much as my seven year old godchildren. (laughs) It's to, to be honest, in a single serving, give or take, it depends on what it is and all those other factors. But, you know, it's after a few years, you your brain adjusts to the new normal. Your metabolism adjusts to the new normal. Your hormones have adjusted. Your friends have adjusted. I no longer get the, I miss the praise a little bit. I'm I'm vain like that, man. But the attention that showered on you, those first couple of years is intense, especially if you're visibly considered successful. Um, and, and all of that changes over time. Like what now is, I'm almost excited. What is, who don't okay. know me. what is your definition of failure and what is your definition of success though? See, that has changed over the years. So when I first had surgery, I would have said not, not ending up under 199 would have made me a failure. Cause at the, to me, I just wanted to be under 199 because I was told that all my risk factors would decrease by at least 70% if I weighed 199 or less. So for me, I told myself this surgery would only be worth it if I could maintain a lifetime of 199 or less for my height. How did they know um, that, though? Uh, that's just what I was told of general things. Now I found out three years later that they were pulling a lot of statistics out of their butts, to be honest. They basically were just um, giving you a number that, how do you know, yeah. how do you know oh, without yeah. the data that I am my, not going to have this, 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 this anymore? Yeah, my, my secondary PP yeah. was kind of like, uh, I'm not saying they were wrong, but I think they greatly exaggerated as we look at the links between obesity and these diseases. And I'm like, yeah, a lot's changed since 2018. Mm-hmm. I, I get that to a point. Um, and I do want to stress that, that we now know that a lot of you know bigger bodies does not necessarily mean unhealthy or healthy. Um, and I will always say that too, like my, my lowest weight was actually my unhealthiest. I was actually deep in a recession remission of my eating disorder. And so like everyone, and I deleted most of those pictures. There's not a lot of pictures of me under 140 anymore. Um, I don't look great with my extra skin. I'm also a lot lower than 130. So with my skin, I'm probably closer to 110 in those photos and just didn't know it. Um, So again, I always tell people in the community, be careful. Because, I mean, I was getting some heavy praise and I was getting some loud applause and they didn't know that those last 10 pounds was severely unhealthy. And I regained the, the back to 140s to 150 on purpose. And people were like, oh, that's that subtle regain. You'll be okay. But no one really well, knew why. Purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So again, and success and failure will look different for every patient. Everyone should have your own goals. My goal originally was 130. Now it's 140 to 150 is my kind of happy place to muscles and things change all of that. Now I just want to be a muscle mommy, to be honest. I want to like, I want to pick my husband up and throw him across the room and see (laughs) how he feels about that. Like, you know, different goals for different folks. Right. Um, but when I first started out, that was, that was my main thing was, was being 199 or under and being able to maintain that for the rest of my life. Um, a success, uh, you know, and that was kind of my line. I'm careful now to say that that's also kind of a, that's also changed. Now I think 
if I had surgery now, I wouldn't focus on a number as much as a mobility goal mm-hmm. or just like being able to do things. But at the time, again, uh, mentalities were different. Instagram was different. I was different. And my understanding of fat phobia and diet culture was a lot different. Hence, like, oh, man, those posts about Wonderland. I won't take them down, but it's a little embarrassing now. Why, There's, do, you, I, why do you say that? Oh, uh, my original, it's... It's cringe. You can go back and find it. People can find it. I think I hit it around um, February of 2020. If people want to go far, far enough back in my Instagram to find it. Mm. Um, it's a little diety, culture When I hit 189, it was a little much. Like, I was very, very over the moon about it. And I should have been because that was my success threshold goal. And I was very happy. But also, you can kind of read in between the lines that already that mechanism that we all kind of race into the bottom goal though i then turned around and said not good enough you know and just things like that that that's hard as a community to address because again there it's the, the internet everyone takes in everything to extreme that you say so if i say like i like numbers for me it works for me i do it um i try to do it no more than twice a month when I'm not actively losing weight or once a month when I'm not active, actively trying to change my weight. And I, you know, so I get to where people like cringe that though and say, well, Fiona, if you're supposed to be, you know, with an ED and such a loud advocate for things, why would you use numbers? Numbers aren't my trigger. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be careful. Everyone has to tailor make their own plan and journey. We're all unraveling a lot and there is no one standard plan. And if anyone is selling you a standard plan, be careful. Because it has to be a little bit custom made for all of us. We all got obese for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Where all our body compositions are different, our genetics are different. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I have three really, really good friends, including one of my best friends who also had VSG. And all of us had had different successes quote unquote depending on how you look at it um all of us are healthier for it all of us are successfully got our health goals overall um but you know one of my friends is battling hormones and um, a neurological disease i have my you know trauma and chronic issues my other friend has nothing at all so all of us had different goals different ways of getting there our bodies tolerate and do very different things You know, so again, as a community, I think that's another thing we we really should be passing down to the newbies is to be care. Some things can be predicted. Some big stalls we all famously know about the hair falling out. You think we all have, but also I really wish we would push more, especially with the new people, to really tailor make your own plan and make that plan to include. Okay, now you got to your goal. You finished your first year. Now. I always, always try to make – without that, now what? I always try to make a point to always say that, you know, no journey is linear. And I get those messages about, like, new followers saying, oh, wow, you've been so successful. It's like, but have you actually read about my story? Like, you know, I've, I've, ha- I've had a lot of challenges I've thought about, like, am I truly successful or has my body just been fucking hanging in there all this time? Like, I have not worked out but one time in 18 months. I didn't work out for the first months. So, and it's not because I didn't want to. It's because I wasn't allowed to. So, Oh, see, my my calories were so low. I struggled on eating so much that I made the decision for myself that until I could sustain at least a thousand calories a day, I had no business exercising. That's the last Mm. thing my metabolism needed. Yeah. I was malnourished for so long. There's, I'm not going to lift a weight and hurt myself, you know? No. And and that's another thing. Mm. Some people can hit the gym the first week. That's great. Mine. I struggled for a while to find the balance between food and eating and and what was going to, you know, be my new, normal so i focused for the first eight months on just balancing food and water i really other than like walking and just moving in general because i felt lighter and better but like i did not purposely um try to do anything for months and months um you know and that that all goes back though with the regain it's funny too i think people need to talk about that when you regain there's a funny instinct to try to go back to the beginning 
And mm. I did it too. I didn't do a pouch reset. I get a lot of messages about it. I want to make it very clear. I did not do a pouch reset. Pouch resets are fake. They do not fucking work. Your pouch will not re-shrink or overly restretch. If you have restretched your pouch, you will know. You will know. And settling because it's healed is not stretching it out. Um, what you ate in the beginning should not be what you're eating a year or two out. No, if it is, your pouch will, will stretch. And if you're a year to two years out, you can eat more. And that's completely normal. Yeah. My surgeon told, calls it settling. He doesn't like stretch. So he calls it settling after all the swelling, damage, and scar tissue, and your your stomach becomes the new normal size of settlement. That is the the amount you should be eating for the rest of your life. If you're still eating the same as you were four, five, six months out, please call somebody because it's not okay. You know, and my surgeon told me that and was very open about you shouldn't be eating these amounts long term. Mm-hmm. That's why you and the dietitian work so closely to ride this out, this malnutrition train, as healthy as possible on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable Um, to live off 600 calories. No. And that brings me back to my regain is I I did a mental reset where I did put myself back through the liver diet. I did a brief day of liquid, a brief day of soft, a brief day. And I did each of those more in the spirit of remembering. I wanted to put myself back a little bit to the beginning and remind myself, this is what I put up with. This is what I went through. And this is why. And it did help realign me. I I am now still, again, I get messages where people are like, oh, tell me the secret to your reset that you did. I saw your old post. Didn't do a reset. It was all for the mental. It was not for the physical. And it is, again, not for everyone. Some people would find that triggering as hell and run into an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Other people like me find it to be a healthy reminder. That's why I kept everything very brief. I'm not trying to do a liquid fast. I'm just trying to do a quick reminder of my stages and where I've been. Um, I actually found that I was overcutting my calories and trying to overexercise, which shut down my metabolism even more. Um, I don't share macros and calories publicly just because I do cycle with my eating disorder and I don't want to give people the impression that those times are healthy. Um, but I will say that in my healthy times, I eat between 1,300 and 1,600 calories a day and I am steadily losing weight. Go to my Instagram now, you'll see. That's actually higher than when I first tried to go down. And I'm going to cut my weight again. And I think, again, with the regain community, there's a lot of misnomers of going back into this dieting mode, going back to these extremes. And I'm not talking about the medication support. I have no stigma against that. If I hadn't lost enough weight now that I'm no longer qualifying for it, I actually was interested in them. Mm-hmm. I believe that I will put that out there now because I just realized that sentence is going to be taken out of context. If you are taking a pill, shot, fiber mix, I don't care. Whatever you and your doctor come up with on top of your surgery tools, good for you. Do whatever you need to do. Mental health medications, I don't care. That is not, there is no judgment to adding whatever to your arsenal that you absolutely need. And I will be the first one to die on the hill for you. That if anyone judges you, they can come look me in the face and tell me if they've lost 200 pounds and how that fucking went for them. Because I am passionate about the fact that the people who bitch the loudest have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have never met someone who gave me any sort of shit for my for my journey with obesity that's ever experienced anywhere near the obesity I have or that we have. Mm-hmm. If you've never been able to walk or if you've never lost the ability to walk more than an eighth of a mile without getting winded in your 20s, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you haven't had people whisper and moo at you when you eat in public... You don't know what I'm talking about. If you haven't had plantar fasciitis over and over and over again because the stress of your weight on your feet is literally fracturing them, you don't know what I'm talking about. So it's, again, a very just very unique journey that we all just share some commonalities. But again, the people who are going to be the loudest about hating or not understanding are 90% of the time not going to understand. And that's a gift for them. I wouldn't wish it on them. I would never wish someone put on the 200-pound bodysuit I escaped from. It hurts. It physically hurts. It mentally hurts. It financially hurt. I mean, it, it impacts every part of your lives, the jobs you can get, the relationships you have, the you know medical care you get as we talked about your i mean just traveling cars 
I mean, there were vehicles I would even consider buying. Got to fit into them. Mm -hmm. So again, whenever, if anybody's listening to this, because I got off track, if anybody's listening to this and I say anything that sounds like I'm judging or excluding you, especially please know that I'm not in this community. I enjoy everyone and I want you in here. I just want to be clear that not everyone's regain journey too needs medication. Mine turned out not to. I needed to readjust, read back through my dietitian notes and actually get out of dieting and go back to just eating what I need to nutritionally to fuel myself properly. Drink my gallon a day, not because I love to pee that much, but because it actually <laughs> makes you feel better. I mean, peeing that much does keep you out of trouble. I'm just saying, drink a gallon a day. You'll never get into trouble again. Uh, um, but it's, I think regain is kind of becoming a topic in the community that at least we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But again, even me, as I sit back and watch the community talk about it, I hear a lot of the diet culture come back. I hear a lot of the judgment come back. Um, I hear a lot of people, how do I put it? There is nothing wrong with making money for your skills and your expertise on Instagram. I have my own shop. That is not my criticism. I think there are some amazingly qualified resources, both for free and for pay, that are on Instagram that I would support very much. There's also a lot of people preying on the fear of regain, just like a lot of people prey on the fear of being new. And again, a lot of times those are the voices that the loudest bring the diet culture back in, mm -hmm. bring the stigma back in bring the shame back in. And a lot of that subconsciously or not is driven by money. And I say that again, because I can already feel the DMs coming, but it's, it's just something to be aware of too. When you're struggling with regaining, you're looking at your resources and you're reading through Instagram, make sure to check their bio. Are they selling something? Are they sponsored by somebody? Do they have an affiliate code that doesn't necessarily negate their expertise? Just be aware of it. Especially in this community, we are just so vulnerable. We're so vulnerable, especially when we start to make interpersonal connections. Mm -hmm. And people don't always differentiate those who are here to make money and those who are here for a community. And you can be here for a little bit of both, there's a lot of people who are a lot more here for money than community. And, and again, that's fine. That's allowed. It's a commercial platform. But just as we continue to have these discussions or if you find yourself facing regain, just be aware of that too. That just like everything, sometimes there's motivations beyond just being friendly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the number one step, I feel like when people are dealing with regain is make a follow-up with your bariatric surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Follow-up. That's mm -hmm. what they are for. I do, rec I do recognize too, that a lot of people, if you went to Mexico or depending mm -hmm. on where you went, don't have dietitian support or a lot of follow-up support, mm -hmm. especially two, three, four years later. Mm -hmm. um, I know like mine does offer paid consults, even this many years down, which I have done. Um, you can hire outside dietitians. I recommend one that specializes in bariatric surgeries. Um, but again, you know, make sure you're reaching for qualified individuals, even lived experience is great, guys. Lived experience is great. But again, it's a slippery slope. And I say this as someone who's only qualified to speak to you with personal experience. Because you're only one person. Yeah. Yes. Remember, it's not it's not one plan fits all like we talked no, about it, earlier. It, yeah. It's why I've deflected messages from people about my calories and macros and diet plans and things is because I am not a dietitian. Mm -hmm. What works for me and my body has taken years of experimenting with a registered dietitian to achieve. I am not trying to say that it's accessible or affordable. I'm just saying like, again, just because someone succeeded doesn't mean that their plan is worth paying for or it's sound. Yeah, and that's why um, we, we always say do your research with everything. Do your research oh, yeah. about weight loss surgery. Do your research about adjunct therapies. Do your research about plastic surgeons and the types of surgeries, etc. Oh, yeah. I've probably scared more people out of surgery than into surgery, which is funny considering how, how much I support surgery. 
I just, when people book, I've had people be like, oh, I want to sit down and do a phone call with you. I want to talk. You're so open. You're so open. You'll answer all my questions. And I will. You, you want to make a DM arrangement with me? I'll talk to you about everything from sex to, to bowel movements. I mean, you want to know? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you my personal experience. But again, oh, shit. I just lost it. Mm, sorry. Where was I? Uh, you were, you will tell everyone about your personal oh. experience. Yeah. Uh, for, for people who have reached out to me, I think I've scared more people out of it than into it just because I am brutally honest. If you are not ready to change your entire relationship with yourself, food, your family, your friends, society, if you're not ready to get some therapy, if you can't afford your vitamins, please don't do surgery. Um, other than surgery, the loudest thing I say is therapy, because again, I didn't get therapy until a few months in, um, there was a lot to unpack. I think people underestimate how much is held in your weight and under your weight, Mm -hmm. um, especially trauma for people. And, you know, again, it's not, how do I always say it's not the right choice for everyone, but for the people it's the right choice for, this is a fantastic community and tool. But I do think people rush into it. I get a lot of messages from people who are like, oh, six weeks ago, I kind of Googled it. Now I'm going to, I already started the book. And what do you think? And I'm like, I think you might want to like take a deep breath and think twice. Because that took me, I don't necessarily, not everybody needs to take two years like me, but just really, really dive into those Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Find the people who aren't happy with their surgery and ask them why. Don't just talk to people who had a good time. Talk to people who survived complications. Survive people who didn't, talk to people who didn't. I mean, really look around and I'm glad I did because it did help me a lot, be a lot more prepared than I feel like even my surgeon's office made me. Definitely. Yeah. Do your research. Don't just jump in. If if they're planning, I mean, obviously if you're not going through your insurance and you're paying out of pocket, still do your research (laughs) because yeah. Oh yeah. We can get you into surgery in three weeks. Uh, but, but like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. what I would be like going. My mind would be blowing like, but what, what do I do? What do I get? What do I plan on? What? When I, called, yeah. when I called for mine, they laughed at me because I booked mine months out mm-hmm. and they were ready for like the next week. Uh, when my wild. friend called for her Mexico, she had the cash ready. She, she called, made her plans, did the review and was on the surgical table in three and a half weeks. Now, mind you, she did her research before, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to do it, yes, it it is very quick. Um, Mm -hmm. The other big one I think I get a lot about that's slightly related to regain is my skin. So if anybody hasn't seen again, you can go to my Instagram. I'm pretty sure you can see it if you look for it. Um, I have um, Franny the Flap, as I like to call her. Um, You know, uh, uh, flippity floppity floop is all of it together. That's what I call the boobs and stomach when they're all, like, jumping around together, like, when you're dancing around. Um, I, I say it with a light heart because it helps me accept it. But um, I, since I get a lot of DMs about it, for people curious, yes, I have a lot of loose skin. Um, the two surgical consults I got before Blobby, I think they estimated one said 12 to 15. The other one said 15 to 20. So it's a lot. Um, worth it? Yeah. I will live a lot longer and I walk a lot freer, um, even if I do clap for myself during yoga. Um <laughs> You know, it, I have, I could do a whole nother podcast and all the tips and tricks I've learned for keeping yourself rash free, um, for compression, for exercising. Again, if anybody's listening to this is on Instagram, feel free to shoot me messages about that. If anything piques your interest, I'm pretty open about it. I sometimes forget to talk about things on Instagram because I feel like I've already made posts about everything. So now I feel like I don't have anything left to talk about. And then I'll do something like this and get a wave of messages where people are like, why don't you talk about this? And I'm like, well, didn't know you wanted to know and and there's also you know pregnancy talking about pregnancy and everybody Mm -hmm. has a different experience you know I just did um Lauren's um live for mental health regarding VSG and pregnancy I had a fantastic time fantastic delivery she did not Mm -hmm. (laughs) so again nothing is ever guaranteed but I do thank a large part of my healthy pregnancy and delivery on my weight loss because I was able to push I was able to move. I was able to, you know, and also able to get the medical care I I deserved Mm -hmm. and be heard. And Lauren had post-op complications. Mm -hmm. So she had post-op complications with her pregnancy. 
Yeah. And like VSG complications is another one. I, I know a lot of people. I mean, yours, yours, yours aside, I know a lot of people that have. I've known three people who have died um, in the weight loss surgery community directly due to their surgeries. Uh, one, due to their plastics. Two, during because of their weight loss surgery. Um, so, you know, I take it very seriously. Again, you got to do your research. You got to look at it. Um, if you listen to my story without talking to me, it's easy for me to, again, become that rushing poster child because I had zero complications. I didn't even have a heartburn. I've, I've had dehydration once, um, no, twice. I've only needed fluids twice due to my VSG, and both times it's because I caught a nasty stomach bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am just easy peasy lemon pe- squeezy. So, again... That's why everything is so tailored or another one with regain that can get frustrating for people is like, I am a, I call it a grab and whoosh type of person when it comes to my weight loss. So even in my surgery, I will flatline, 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 dump, mm-hmm. flatline, 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 dump. And it's so funny because people are like, oh, your monster numbers at the end of the month. Yes. But if you look at my week to week, mm-hmm. it can be frustrating. Again, be careful. Some people stalling out like that can mean that maybe you need to tweak something. For me, if it's been under six weeks, don't change anything. <laughs> just just wait it out. <laughs> so again, it's it's a wild, wild ride. Um, I wish I had better advice other than hang the fuck on and we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had a magic cookbook or recipe or 12-step program that would magically make this easier for all of us. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure we all kind of wish we had that, especially in the earlier stages. Um, but really, I think the biggest thing we all really need to remember is we are a community of people who have all got one thing in common, and that is obesity is a disease that we all face that complicates our lives in such a way medically or otherwise that we have decided to address it. And, you know, we're all human. Instagram's easy to forget. We're not all Barbies. We're not all anything. We're just people at the end of the day, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I welcome everybody and anybody to figure it out with me because you know what? Eight people groping in the dark sounds a lot more fun than just one. <laughs> Take that as dirty or clean as I meant it. Um, but, you know, it just, I hope that Instagram, the people in Instagram can go back to remembering that because that is the, the only thing that is hard with Instagram right now, as much as I love it, it is my safe place is I feel like it's slowly commercializing a lot like Facebook kind of went through those phases and like Reddit and other things. And I just hope that the weightless community doesn't lose its authenticity at its core. Definitely. Definitely understand that. Well, I will never lose my authenticity because I talk about all the real shit. Well, (laughs) you know, I, you know, nothing better than if you're going to be a dumpster on fire, you might as well be a little public about it. Right. And, and that's always been my quota. Like if you, I think pretty much at least once a day on my Instagram, I tell people, I don't post any of this for pity. I don't post any of this for attention. I don't post any of this to benefit me because it doesn't. I post all of this because if one person recognizes this too, and remembers that they're just not alone for that one second, it was worth it because I spent a lot of my life feeling like I was the lo- the outcast weirdo only to find out that no, once I started speaking out loud, there's a lot of us outcast weirdos. Just you have to be brave enough to be like, hi, I might be one of the leaders of it. I, I completely agree because that's why I share my journey is yeah. if there's one person that this helps feel not alone and get through their struggles and know that if you are faced with a post-op complication that your surgeon didn't tell you that could happen possibly oh well here's another person and they can hold your damn hand through it you know so and the reminder again comparison is scary comparison Mm -hmm. should be very careful but again it's a good reminder that if you look at my story and you and you relate to the internal battles that you won't see, if you met me, you don't see this hot mess unless you log into my diary. Yours is physical, so again, you might not even see the hot mess until you log into your diary. But again, both of us are reminders that you can work through a lot of things and survive a lot of things and still be 
happy, okay person at the end of it. It's going to mm-hmm. suck. You're not always going to be nice. You're not always going to be pretty. But you're still going to be a good person and you're still going to make it. And that's all that matters. Definitely. Yeah. I. That's the one thing that I said that throughout even my frustrations and my struggles of trying to advocate for myself and seeing how shit I mean, healthcare was shit before COVID. Don't tell me COVID fucking did that. COVID didn't do that. COVID just made you open your damn eyes and you still haven't fixed it. Um, but I will never lose my compassion for people and helping people have a better quality of life. The Between end. my years in medical admin, billing, eligibility, enrollment, working with state and federal services and Medicaid's enrollments, and homelessness outreach and services. So as you can tell, I might just be a little bit of a justice warrior here. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, like, yeah, the world, the symptoms that we see now and we're surviving through have been coming for a long time. Um, and it is a scary world right now. We can pretend it's not. We can roll our eyes and try to downplay it. But it's a hard world right now. And again, more than anything, what that leads to is a deep, deep need for community because we are already overworked alone. Our issues make us feel even more isolated and alone. The world is kind of divided. So again, when I go to log into my Instagram and I hope other people take this seriously too, I go there for a safe place because there's already enough of the world on fire. Mm -hmm. And you know, I hope we all just kind of find that and keep finding that community and fight for it. And I am ruthless. I have a lot. I follow a lot of people back. But the minute I sense that you're not here to just be authentic and be a person, if I don't unfriend you, I just mute you. And the algorithm will take care of you from there. <laughs> it's true. Except for the algorithm keeps eating people that I like, though. I had a few people come back that I thought they, like, we're online and it just turns out that no, I haven't seen the last like 15 of their posts. Yeah. It likes to hide them and you can yeah. only have like 20 people on your favorites, which yeah. is stupid. I keep yeah. having to like, and even my favorites sometimes I'll be like, huh? So it's, so really quiet. And then I'll turn out that no, they're just like buried. <laughs> <laughs> like I made the mistake of like clicking on, I think it was an ad for like fashion because now everybody I see is just doing outfits of the day. Mm. Like I'll, today or outfits of the day which i'm here for you all look fantastic but also algorithm why nothing but 55 outfits of the day in a row (laughs) god oh i don't even know how to end it because we just went all over the place well well wrapping up we clearly talked about a lot of things um again fiona is not shy to share her thoughts about anything um, so trigger warning if you're listening to this, because she always says, well, I'm going to get DMs after this. <laughs> I am. I do. That's the funny thing. Sometimes I swear I'm going to start doing more podcasts just because I get at least people write me. It's nice to know people are actually listening because sometimes I don't know about you. I'll get people who message me and like, I know you're busy, girl. You're the only person to message me this week. I get people like that, too. I know you're busy. Or you don't have to answer. It's like I respond to everyone. I don't get that many. I have 5,000 followers, but I get maybe like 50 messages a month. And most of those are from the same four people. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Uh, again, that's just, you know, the price of fame. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, uh, anyways, obviously, I feel like the moral of the story is regain is real. Regain happens. We need to talk about it. You know, do your research when you decide, okay, I'm ready to do something about it. Um, follow up with your care team, number one. Love God, don't fall back into diet culture. Don't, don't fall back into diet culture. Do not do a fucking pouch reset because that's not sustainable and it's not going to get you anywhere. But no, just no, just no. We're going to do a whole episode. I want to be invited back on the episode called Fuck Pouch Resets. Fuck Pouch Resets, yes. I, I, I will be at that roundtable. Thank you. <laughs> I love uh, Other things, adjunct therapies are a positive thing. They're not a negative yes. thing. Fuck, I fuck the haters. I need them once mm-hmm. I transitioned off my SSRIs, mm-hmm. which was not related to weight. I just decided to transition 
as my medical care team thought it was time. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, for me, it didn't didn't have to happen. But again, there is absolutely no stigma for anybody who needs to. And if you feel like someone is mistreating you because of whatever tools you have decided to, you let Mama Fiona know. <laughs> because there's a lot of people in the community that will be there for you and have your back and support you because again we are all fighting and treating and trying to end the stigma of the disease of obesity and we all need those extra tools in our toolbox and it's okay and we need to normalize that that's okay amen mm-hmm. so thank you fiona for sharing about your journey with a regain we will definitely have you on again and we got to talk about Fuck pouch resets. We got to talk about, uh, we have to talk about uh, having babies after weight loss surgery and postpartum uh, depression. Ooh, you should do a whole episode on sex after bariatric surgery because people do not want bariatric surgery after dark because I just want to say now, like I'm with the same person I was before and after surgery. So just to clarify and like. It's different. <laughs> uh, we, we were joking, uh, a couple days ago about uh when you could have sex after plastics and like the surgeon said oh when you feel you're ready like two weeks or something and we're like oh well you know you get that compression garment it has a slit in it you know you you'll you'll feel you'll feel secure just leave that on (laughs) my husband always jokes because plastics isn't the plan for me if i can ever afford it Mm -hmm. um Again, I'm not against it or for it. It just depends on your personal choice. But my husband always jokes that he's going to be married to three different women because he got the Fiona before surgery, the Fiona after surgery, and then he's going to get the, as he calls, the upgraded model after plastic. Oh, my gosh. So he's going to be a 50-year-old man with a 25-year-old wife is what he told me. Nice. And I was like, five, I'm going to be 49 if you're 50. And he goes, yeah, but your boobs won't be 25. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This is why people keep inviting me around. Okay, I better actually get going because I do actually. Thank you so much. Bye, Fiona. Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram and we will also share that with you. It's just patreon.com slash R2DP. There's some special perks in there that you might see. Um, There's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks. You will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier. You will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there. So again, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye, R2DPers!